Are you ready for some more curry? <laughs> Early morning on a Sunday. I know that you live in tent and uh, you enjoy these times, morning views on the grass. But last night, Mark and Charlotte came to leave us at the hotel, just opposite the gate, New Park Hotel. That's where we live. That's where we suffer for the sake of the gospel. I know it's hard work, you understand, you sympathize with me. And we had, I had, particularly my wife didn't have, but I had English cooked breakfast. I love it. <coughs> I love it. By the way, before I um, get on to preach, I want to say, I know when Guy brought the Portuguese contingents as an initiative from his apostolic sphere, that the church that planted out, I know Andrew, and uh, it's wonderful to see the work in Portuguese. But I want you to know, brothers and sisters, Guy and the team is hugely involved in the work in India. Huge nation, millions of people, but small but significant work. And Guy and the team has huge responsibility. I know that I'm privileged to be part of that team. I didn't know what it means in the initial stage, but I'm getting a feel of it. <laughs> but uh, I just want you to know that uh, when we take up offering, when we talk about apostolic work, if you see me and standing in front of you and preaching, hey, that is part of the apostolic extension these men are laboring into. And I want you to appreciate them, Guy, John Gross, Simon Walker, these three men are guys, part of their uh, guys' team, and uh, Malcolm Case from Woking, and uh, their wives and their children, they all are part of what is happening in India. So I would like you to just applaud them this morning. Simon, John, Guy, please. It is a huge work. It is important, yet significant work. And I want to say to you, brothers, thank you so much. On behalf of New Frontiers India, I want to thank you all, making it very special for us. Right. I'm supposed to say a few more things, but I'm forgetting. <laughs> okay, let's pray and ask the Lord to be with us. Would you stand with me, please? If you could repeat what I'm saying as a prayer from your heart. Lord, help us to feel like never felt before. Help us to see things like never seen before. Help us to hear things like never heard before. And go back from this place and do the things we have never done before. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Please sit down. It's been an amazing experience for my wife, Julie, and myself. It's being with you friends. We come from India, different background, different culture, but we worship the same God. We were sharing lunch, we were having lunch with Mark and Charlotte from Dorchester yesterday, and he had visited India um, last year. We asked him, what did you make out of your visit? And he said, one thing that, he said he came from the air- airport he landed and just got into um, one of the homes, freshened himself, went to the church meeting, straight on. And it was all too quick for him. But, he said, soon he realized he was in the company of believers. He was in the company of brothers and sisters. He was in the company of the same God whom he worshipped. And that's the difference. doesn't matter where we come from. But we all worship and we all belong to the same God. His name is Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Before I preach the word that I have, I want to bring this scripture as a prophetic encouragement to all of us who are gathered here. This is from the book of Revelation, chapter 14, verse verse 15, the half of verse 15 and 16, it says, Take your sickle and reap, because the time to reap has come. For the harvest of the earth is ripe. So he who has seated on the cloud swung his sickle over the earth, and the earth was harvested. Amen. What a wonderful promise. Take your sickle and reap, because the time to reap has come. For the harvest of the earth is ripe, so he who was seated on the cloud swung his sickle over the earth, and the earth was harvested. Brothers and sisters, the earth will be harvested for the sake, for the glory of Jesus' name. And he who was seated on the throne swung the sickle, and we who are on earth, have been given the commission to swing the sickle for the harvest. And I want to prophesy over this, this, this gathering, the church the, that you belong to, the people that you, that you represent, I want to prophesy in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the time has come for this nation, for this region, to swing the sickle and reap the harvest. And the Lord Himself He has swung the sickle before us so that earth will be harvested for the sake and the glory of Jesus Christ. By next year, if God willing, you have another gathering, I can assure you, this will be a bigger gathering than what you have today. Your churches will grow. Your house groups will grow. Your regions will expand. Your influence will expand. Because the Lord Himself, who is seated on the throne, swung the sickle for the earth to be harvested for His name. Thus says the Lord. Amen. Amen. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, 
and forever. Anyone doubt? Yeah? Then you can say amen to that. <laughs> Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We are going to see amazing breakthrough this morning and this evening. The Lord will do something in your life that you will go back from this place enriched, blessed, motivated, and to do something for Jesus Christ. That's why we are here for. We are called to, to, to proclaim the excellencies of God who called us. I shared that my message is the same. I mean, I have, I have two messages. In fact, I think you will probably hear a lot of things that I shared yesterday. And you wonder that, you know, this guy has, has he got another message? We all have, all the preachers, I heard this from another preacher, maybe he's true. We all have one message. We all preach Jesus Christ. Him crucified. And for His glory. Alright, this morning the text is Luke chapter 4, verse 16 to 19. Alan had no clue what, he, what I'm going to share. But he, he quoted the scripture as he prophesied. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight of the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's the scripture that I want to dwell on this morning. I would like to talk about the very mission of Jesus Christ. He is the greatest missionary. He came from heaven to earth to work, to show us the way, to motivate us, to encourage us. So our role model is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. That's what he said. He read this portion from Isaiah. And he said, the Spirit of the Lord is on me to fulfill God's mission. The mission came from the Holy Spirit. The mission came from the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 10, verse 38 says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. God was with him. The Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Christ, was upon Jesus Christ, and He healed the sick. He opened the blind eyes, and He set the captives free. And that same Jesus, and the same Holy Spirit, is given to the church of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit continued His mission with His disciples, and the Holy Spirit continues His mission with the church today. Amen. Amen. Okay, the rules apply to the same that I said last night. <laughs> you respond when I preach. Don't disturb me. <laughs> you are now set free in Jesus' name to respond. <laughs> How do you like that? Maybe... Alright, I, I apologize for my way of speaking if I because I come from another culture. No offense, please. Yeah? I come from India, a place where, uh, Mumbai, 
a place where over 18 million people live, you know, this is too lonely for us. <laughs> there is too much of silence in the hotel that we stay. And when we talk, we went to the, uh, went to the breakfast, the dining area where the breakfast and everyone is eating. And we, we were wondering, we also kind of want to practice good breakfast, but, oh, we are not used to that. <laughs> Please excuse us for that. This is, this, is, this is the house of the Lord, the tent of the Lord's meeting place. In the Old Testament, doesn't t- speak much about silence. In the tent, there was, there was shouts of praise. Sounds of worship and there was joy when the people of God gathered together. Amen. I understand this is the English summer where we had to sit with our jackets. <laughs> when I left Mumbai, it was 31 degrees. And I am ushered into the English summer where I had to use my leather jacket. Yeah? Alright, let's get on with it. We are the agents of God. We are the agents of Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 3 verse 6 says, Silver or gold I do not have, but I have, I give it to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. You missed an opportunity to say Amen. (laughs) You must score, you you should be scoring better than me by the way. Yeah? Yeah? Alright, Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit continued to work with the disciples, and the Holy Spirit continues to work with the church today, and that's what we are. In the book of Acts chapter 3 verse 6, that is scripture that I read, one day I was preaching on the story of Jesus healing the paralytic, and in our service, as, we were preach- as I was preaching, four people carried a paralytic person and brought and kept right in front of me. Ah, <laughs> now you didn't have that kind of opportunities, isn't it? I had. <laughs> I saw this man. My preaching was immediately affected. <laughs> One thing is to preach the gospel. One thing is to preach passionately about what Jesus did. But when you know that you have to have a practical immediately after your preaching, that is cause for test. And this man was brought and kept, and two people holding him on the chair so that he won't fall off. At the end of the, at the, end of the preaching, the church is looking to me. We know, are we going to have a practical demonstration of the power of God? I said, let me give it a try. <laughs> so I went to this man. He was a Hindu man. First time to any church meeting setting, he doesn't know who Jesus was. And uh, I went and asked him, do you believe that Jesus can heal you? He said, yes. He couldn't speak because he was, you know, his speech was affected because he, was, he had a paralytic stroke. So I gathered strength and faith and I said to him, I believe Jesus can heal you. I said, silver or gold have I none. What I have, I give it to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up. And I held his hand. And I made him stand. And he was wobbling. He was about to fall. 
So two guys came to hold. I said, no, don't hold. Leave him. And I held his hand. And for the first time in six months, this man stood up. Amen. The story doesn't end there. He didn't walk. I was disappointed. <laughs> the story in the Bible tells me that when Peter and John at the temple gate, when they held this man's hand, his ankles straightened up and he walked. And I said, Lord, you said Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. Why not this man walking? But there was faith in my heart and I said to him, come next Sunday, you will walk. He came next Sunday for the meeting as we were worshipping, worshipping the presence of God was awesome in that place. As we were worshipping in the middle of the worship, I went to him and I held his hand and I said, silver or gold have I none. What I have, I give it to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And I held his hand and made him walk and he walked in the length and breadth of that hole and he's still walking. The Holy Spirit worked with Jesus. The Holy Spirit was upon the disciples. And the Holy Spirit continues to work with the church of Jesus Christ. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. He has anointed me to preach the good news. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the gospel. The less Jesus and the less Holy Spirit we have, the more cake and coffee and the birthday singing, we need to keep the church going. You didn't say amen for that. You're very, very gentle <laughs> and polite. I love coffee and cake. But friends, church is not only about cake and coffee and birthday singing. It is about the presence of the Holy Spirit. What makes us different from the world, rest of the world, is not cake and coffee. It is the power and the manifested power of the Holy Spirit that is working in us and through us. Somebody is an amen to that. The gospel contains everything that we need. Those people on the upper room became a brand new humanity. Jesus said, go and preach the gospel into all the world. That was a great commission. And he said, surely I will be with you. And he gave them his Holy Spirit. This morning, when uh, Simon brought that prophecy and, he, and exhortation, he said, the agenda of Jesus Christ. And I love that word, because this morning, I want us to understand the agenda of the Holy Spirit. The agenda of the Holy Spirit. It is a commission by God. We all need to be involved. Not meant only for the leaders. Not meant for evangelists. Not meant for only the prophets. Not the apostles alone. It is for a community that are caught up with the purposes of God. That is why He sent the Holy Spirit to make the impossible possible. I believe the key to successful preaching of the gospel is to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. All those who are preachers, put your hand up right now. Even if you preach only once. <laughs> put your hand up. 
The success of your preaching depends on the power of the Holy Spirit that is working in us, in you and through you. Amen. Put your hands down, please. That is why He sent the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witness from here to the ends of the earth. You know, on the upper room when the people were baptized in the Holy Spirit, when they came and they spoke in different language, it gives me a deep understanding, my God has ethnic interest. Amen. That is the reason people from this nation and other nations went to India, China, Africa, the Lord, before His throne. We will all gather together as not as Britishers and Indians and Chinese, but we will all gather together as His children. And He has an ethnic interest and that is why He sent the Holy Spirit. Today, you will need to receive the power to do that mission. May I ask you something? Do you have the fire of the Holy Spirit in you? Do you feel inadequate? Do you feel weak? The Holy Spirit is, Holy Spirit is not a reward for our hard work. John shared that in the first evening. He's not a hard work for, it's not a reward for our hard work. The Holy Spirit is a gift from Jesus Christ to His church. Listen. Are you listening? The Holy Spirit is not repelled by our weakness, but He is attracted by our weakness. Hallelujah! The Holy Spirit has come not to make the strong strong. The Holy Spirit came to strengthen the weak. That is why we can preach the gospel. He came to strengthen the weak and to make the the, the human, like the weak person, strong to proclaim the gospel. And we need that power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is here for the best. And the Holy Spirit is here for the worst. This morning, my prayer is that everyone will be baptized by the Holy Spirit. The fresh fire will come upon us. The Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit will overshadow you as an individual, you as a family, you as a church, you as a region, you as a nation, in Jesus' name. And we will see that happening this morning. The Spirit of the Lord is on me to proclaim the gospel, to proclaim the power of God. What happened on the day of Pentecost? Let's look at it. Tongues of fire came on everyone. Those were the upper room. There were 120 people in the upper room. And as they waited, as they prayed, the Bible describes this way, something like tongues of fire from heaven came and settled on the head of each one in the upper room. Now, listen. This is what... It's very important. Tongues of fire from heaven and came and settled on the head of people.
tongues of fire, something of supernatural, came and settled on the flesh. That is why the supernatural connected with the natural. That is why Christianity is important than any other things in the world. The supernatural connecting with the natural. That is why we can serve the living God. Because something of the supernatural comes and settles on the flesh. So this weak flesh becomes strong in Jesus' name. That is why we can serve God. That is why we can preach the gospel and heal the sick, plant churches and get involved in mission. We all are involved in a mission whether you like it or not. If you are actively participating, your mission is active. If you are not participating, you are not participating in the mission which is active. I want to say this. You know, there were, when Jesus rose from the dead, those 40 days, he was with, uh, almost, he met almost 500 people, different people at different settings. But in the upper room, there were only 120. Do you know where the other 380 people were? Thank you. I don't know exactly where they were, but I presume they were in the temple. They were in the place where more organized, less risk. But 120 believed what Jesus said, wait for my Holy Spirit. The other 380, presumably, they were in a place, probably in the temple, serving cake and coffee and doing the other things and more organized, no disturbance, no wild preacher like Vinu. This morning, guy told me, I mean, we just had a small huddle here in the beginning of the meeting. Uh, and I said, oh, he said, oh, this is a great church. He said, yeah, it's a great church. You can be part of it except the preacher this morning. <laughs> hey, there is... People, 380, were far more, probably, they were far more organized setting. But 120 believed in the Word of God. 120 believed in the promise of God that the Holy Spirit will come. And they waited, and the tongues of fire came on the 120. And this is a tent of meeting, of God meeting with His people. Everyone received a flame from Jesus. On the 28th of June this year, we in Mumbai, the regional uh, churches in the Mumbai area, we gathered together. And I was asked to bring the word at that gathering. And I preached and there was a great sense of... Uh, you know, the power of God and excitement and going and doing things for God. People were set free for years of, you know, kind of chained and bondage. That was, they were set free and they were kind of released to do something for God. And at the end of the meeting, a friend of mine came and told me, as you were preaching and as you were praying, 
There were people at the back row burst into speaking in tongues. They were baptized in the Holy Spirit at that meeting as I was preaching. Friends, why am I sharing this? I believe this morning the Holy Spirit will burst into our midst and you will speak into tongues those who don't. This belief for a baptism of the Holy Spirit. You, if you are a Christian, it is your right to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It is a gift from Jesus Christ. And when the gift comes, you can be a witness for Jesus Christ. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. He has anointed me to preach good news. You don't need anybody else's anointing. Your anointing comes from Jesus Himself. There is a flame for every head. You know, which tells me 120 people in the upper room and those days there were 120 flames came from heaven and settled on 120 heads. And if you have a head this morning, believe you will have a flame. I feel sorry for the people who have come for this meeting without head. If you believe that you have a head, believe that you can have a flame for yourself. And let me say this to you. Your flame bears your name. There is no mix-up. There is no mix-up. You don't need Venus anointing. You don't need Guy's anointing. You don't need Sean's anointing. You, you, know, you need the anointing that comes from Jesus Christ. That's the anointing. That is the original. My Bible tells me this. My God is a creator. He is not a duplicator. He doesn't need to duplicate Venus anointing for Kevin or Venus anointing for somebody else. He can create a fresh anointing for you and it can bear your name. Hallelujah. If your name is Steve, there are many Steves in this room. <laughs> There is anointing for you. Your flame bears your name. And that is the anointing. John 1.16 says, And from His fullness we have all received grace upon grace. We receive grace from Jesus Christ, don't we? We receive the anointing from Jesus Christ too. We don't receive, we don't need Another man's anointing. Yes, there is a place for anointed people laying hands and praying. Not for them to... I'm not praying over somebody to, to, to release my anointing on Andrew. I would be kidding. <laughs> I, I don't want to go back to India after having all my anointing given to him. <laughs> what do I go back for? <laughs> you can receive your anointing from the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. Your anointing will be original. Jesus is the giver. Our God is not a duplicator. He is our creator. Are you hungry for God this morning? Only 13 people were hungry. <laughs> Are you hungry for God this morning? Oh, that sounds like a football stadium. <laughs> Yeah? If you are hungry, Jesus is here to feed us. 
If you are thirsty, Jesus is going to quench our thirst. And He is going to do that with the Holy Spirit. I believe, and my prayer for each one of us this morning, everyone will receive that fire of fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. And that we will go back and do great exploits for Jesus Christ and for His glory. When the fire of the Holy Spirit comes, His mission becomes our mission. We don't have a mission of our own. Church planting is not our idea. Don't think that it is a new frontier idea. Somebody thought, you know, Terry Virgo thought, let's church, do a church plant. It's a clever idea. No, no, it is a mission of Jesus Christ. And when we believe in Christ Jesus, His Holy Spirit comes upon us. And the mission of Jesus Christ becomes our mission. Why we give it to the, give it to the mission? Not because we have excess money, not because we want to be blessed. If you only want to be blessed, you can invest in the marketplace and you will be blessed. But we give it to the king because our king has a mission and we give it to the mission. And he will bless us. That is his portion. He will bless us. And I'm sure he will. I just want to share a few personal uh, um, things that I set for myself. As a Christian, I, every year, in the beginning of the year, um, I set certain goals for myself. And one of the goals that I set for myself last year was that I wanted to personally, apart from the preaching and the other things that I do, personally I wanted to share gospel with one-on-one. Yeah, not just a group or gathering. Personally I want to share the gospel with hundred people. That means I use every opportunity. I walk on the street, look for opportunity. I travel in the flight, I look for opportunity. Travel in the bus, train, or in the rickshaw, wherever I go, I look for an opportunity for sharing the gospel. That was my target. Friends, I didn't complete the target, but I managed to share gospel with one-on-one with 97 people. This is not evangelistic figure, it's an evangelistic figure. <laughs> it's not stretched. That's the fact, 97. <laughs> not 96, not 98. 97. I'm not saying that all the 97 responded to Christ. Because I set a goal, I was able to reach out to that goal. 97 people. I personally, I mean, I preach, apart from the Sunday messages that I preach in my local church, I preach... 50, that's the goal that I set. I want to preach 50 messages, whether it's birthday party, funeral, weddings, or any other function people call me. I make it an opportunity to share gospel. And 50 was the goal, but I managed to share 43 settings. I managed to preach Christ. I preached the gospel to um, over 650 first time people who heard the gospel last year. 250 people responded for the gospel. 63 people have testified of being healed by various sickness. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. He has anointed me to preach the good news, to proclaim the freedom, set people free from captivity. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Friends, I would like... It is, maybe it is helpful for you to know a little bit of background where I come from. 
I come from a very small village down south state of Kerala in India. Only in the year 1987, I made my journey up to Mumbai. I came searching for a job. When I came to Mumbai in 1987, I knew only one language, which is my mother tongue, Malayalam. I could never speak English. I could never speak Hindi as a language, which is a national language. I did all my studies in the language, which is a native language that I come from. In the year 1987, I came to this great city, Mumbai, searching for job. That, that's the year a friend of mine shared the gospel. I gave my life to the Lord. My life changed. From that day onwards, the Holy Spirit took hold of me. Friends, there's a scripture in the book of Chronicles, David says, Who am I, Lord, that you should consider? What is my background that you should think of me? That is my story. My life is that. I'm not qualified to speak to people like you. I'm not qualified to bring in something like this. That's not my background. That's my, not my upbringing. But today, I do know this. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. To preach the good news. And I believe. I am the chosen one for this moment. I am the chosen one. I don't have natural abilities. But I have the supernatural gift that comes from the Holy Spirit. And if I can have it. A man who could not speak the language 20 years ago. And I'm able to stand in a place of people that is English is a language. Language, if I'm able to speak to you, it is nothing but the work of the Holy Spirit. And I want to give absolute glory and credit to the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on you, friends. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on us. I just want to quickly run through a few other things and then we get into a time of ministry. Just believe that the Holy Spirit will empower you like never before. That you will go back from this place so captivated, so motivated by Jesus Christ. And you will do great exploits for Him. I sometimes wonder if our mission is matching with the mission of Jesus at all. If we want to have what the apostles had, we must preach what the apostles preached. Jesus said to Nicodemus, unless you are born again, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. That was not a, you know, a good statement. That was not a good thought from Jesus Christ. That was the truth that Jesus spoke. And Nicodemus was a very learned man, a scholar in the scripture. But Jesus said to him, unless you are born again, you will not enter the kingdom of God. Peter said on the day of Pentecost when he stood up to preach, repent and be baptized 
every one of you. And as he finished preaching, something happened in that place, like every preacher's dream. People came and asked, what shall we do now? <laughs> and I'm a preacher. And I would like people at the end of it, what do you want us to do? We do now. And I would say, repent and be baptized, every one of you. Peter had that experience. You know why he had that experience? Because he preached the original gospel. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Because it is the power of God and the salvation for all who believe. If we preach what the apostles preach, we will see the results what the apostles saw. You missed an opportunity to say. I sometimes wonder whether we really, we preach things and we put it across in a very, um, what word should I use? My vocabulary is not that great. Uh, I think we, we, want to, we want to please sometimes, and I'm saying that every time. We just want, we don't want to offend anyone the way we communicate, which is a good thing when you have a normal conversation. <laughs> we don't want to offend. But when you preach the gospel, this gospel of Jesus Christ is offensive, by the way. It demands people to repent. That's not a very pleasant statement. It demands the people to repent. It can't be very polite. But I believe it is time that we preach the gospel like the apostles preach. And we can do that when the Holy Spirit comes on us. The Bible is not a collection of Christian opinion. It is the eternal word of God. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. That is the original blueprint to heal the sick. And it says, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set liberty to those who oppress. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That is the original blueprint that has been given to us. That is our mission. Wherever we go, we preach the gospel. That is why the fire came to bear the original mission. To proclaim the, the acceptable year of the Lord. It is true that I am only a human being. It is true that not, it's not just true that I am not so eloquent. It is true that I am not so qualified. But the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. When Peter began to preach, everyone understood. He was not so qualified. I know some theologians trying to make him very qualified. <laughs> it, you know, I don't know. My, I think my understanding says that he was a fisherman, not had much opportunity to go to a school and university, etc. <laughs> but he had the spirit of Jesus Christ upon him. 3,000 were baptized. The sick were healed. The blind could see. I have 
Like Guy said yesterday, I have a dream. Martin Luther said that, I have a dream. And I want to say that I have a dream to see people saved. In India, in England, in other parts of the world, I have a dream that I will be used to proclaim this gospel unashamedly for the glory of Jesus Christ. What is your dream, friends? What is your dream? Do you have a dream that Jesus could use you? Preach the gospel. Don't think about whether we will offend people. Yes, you can be in that place, not offend people, but you might offend God. And I don't want to offend God. I want to preach the gospel. I was, you know, sometimes I hear this, you know, people, the way we, they communicate, they, they water the gospel so much, and it, it doesn't really carry the, 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 the presence, the power, the impact, what it should. Sometimes we can think of not offending people, but we might end up in offending people, offending God. Excuse me. Last year I was in Turkey, and uh, a friend of mine, Franco, and myself, we were invited to preach um, at this camp they had. And the camp finished on Sunday afternoon, and Sunday evening they had a gospel gathering. We went back to the church, and uh, um, they invited friends and 15 visitors. Now that's a big number, a place like Turkey. The entire Christian population in Turkey, is, I'm told that it is only 5,000. And the New Frontier Church over there gathers around 250 people. And uh, in that meeting, there were 15 visitors. I was asked to preach the gospel. And I preached the gospel. At the end of the gospel preaching, seven Muslims gave their life to Jesus Christ. Jesus is alive. And he's doing very well. He's doing well in Turkey. He's doing well in China. He's doing well in Africa. He's doing well in India. He's doing well in this place, in this tent. Your hearts are churned and motivated to expect God for greater things. I want to say this. God is about to do something great amongst us this morning. We as a church, like I said yesterday been involved in praying and fasting for 40 days every year for the last five years. We feel that this is a call upon us as a church. We don't know whether we will do it next year, but every year as we sit down to plan and prepare, God brings this desire, this kind of passion, a kind of burden upon us that we should pray and fast. And as a church, when the first time when we did that, the last day of the 40 days of prayer and fasting, we had a church meeting. That's the day Mumbai experienced a flood. You know, we had five years ago, we had great flood. First, first flood was on Thursday. The second flood was on Sunday morning where we planned for this great gathering. And guess what? I got up that morning. I saw outside our house on the road, there were water just below our knee. And I thought, my gosh. This morning, we are expecting visitors to come. We are expecting sick to be healed. We are expecting salvation to come forth. We are expecting great breakthrough in our midst. Where are we going to have visitors? I am even wondering whether they will the church people who will turn up for this meeting. But friends, that's what humanly we can think. 
But God, lo and behold, God surprises. We had 53 visitors on that morning, apart from the church people. 53 church visitors. We had an awesome time as we prayed, and we prayed for the sick, and 35 people from the Hindi-speaking background. At the end of the meeting, a friend of mine, is, is one of our co-leaders, he came and said, you know, why don't we start a Hindi church? He said, wow, Hindi church, is that easy to start a church like that? You go for a Sunday morning, and the 35 people of a particular language group, should we start something? And I go up there, and I announce that next Sunday, we have a Hindi service, it's at 8.30 in the morning, please come. And that meeting continued, that became a church, now gathers 70 to 80 people. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. We have this mission that is ordained by Jesus Christ and sealed by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight of the blind. To set at liberty to those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand.